Let me show you 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 9. And uh, I want you to see this verse in, first of all, the New International Version, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Here's the deal. God is the premier gift giver. And Paul, who wrote this verse, who is, you know, he has a magnificent vocabulary. He is a man with a grasp on the Greek language. He's a brilliant, scholarly man, and yet when it came to describing the gift of God's Son, Paul says, it's too awesome for words. He struggled to find words to describe the gift of God. I mean, here you have this gift of deity and true humanity wrapped in skin called the Incarnation. And when Paul reflected on all that meant from the prophecies of Old Testament that a Messiah would come, to all the sacrifices that pointed, that were just types and figures of this one to come, that when it finally happened, Paul trying to describe it couldn't do it. Too precious for words. This incredible gift, you know, because it's the gift of life. Because his life becomes our life. You know, when your babies were born, when a baby is born, we struggle to find words. We, we're overwhelmed. It's just amazing. And when you come to the gift of God, the gift of Christ, the life of Christ that becomes our life, you start to realize Paul's on it. There really aren't words. It's too wonderful for words. Let me show it to you in the New Living Translation. It says, thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Is that what he is to you? I pray that that would be the case. This God-man, this Christ child. And because of his life, we then present this whole theme of you can come alive. So it's a come alive Christmas message. It's a come alive Christmas emphasis. It's the message to our hearts. It's the message to our community. Because of this indescribable gift, this gift too wonderful for words, your life can change. That's the message. That is the life offered through Christ. Oh, it's amazing. Now, to understand what it means to come alive, we have to once again know that that means we're dead in sin apart from Christ. We've been trying to figure out what it means to be dead in sin and then what it means to come alive in Christ and then the power to go from death to life. We continue that today. When Connor, our youngest, was just a toddler, it was around Christmas time. We went to the store and I said to Kelly, you know, he's, he's just having a great time in the back seat, in his car seat, all buckled in, happy. And the thought came to me, Kelly, why don't you just go in and do the shopping? I'll stay here with Connor. And so, good idea. She goes into the store, and the weather was good. It was rather warm outside, so I lowered the windows and turned the, the motor off. And we're just there enjoying the day. And he got restless and frustrated, and he wanted out of his car seat. And he was telling me, Daddy, get me out of my car seat. And I said, No, Connor. You're fine. We are fine. Let's just talk. 
He grew more and more restless. Remember now, the windows are down. Finally, even though buckled up, he stretched until he was leaning toward the open window. God is my witness. Connor goes, God, save me! All these people are looking. And the Spirit of the Lord through those kind of events, just begins to write a message on your heart. What's it mean to be dead in sin? It means to be stuck in a situation that you can't get out of. And nobody either will help you or can help you. And you reach a place where you say, God, save me. And you discover the power of the one whose grace takes you from that place where you're stuck to a life of freedom. In Matthew chapter 1, the setting is this. Joseph knows that Mary's pregnant. He's not the father. So he is seriously considering and even leaning toward cutting off the engagement and not marrying her. That's the context. Here's what happens in Matthew chapter 1. We'll bring the verses on the screen. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. for The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. and She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When the Spirit of God spoke to Joseph and said, name him Jesus. Man, that meant something because of the cultural, religious influence on the heart and the mind of Joseph. Joseph knew that the name Jesus in the Hebrew was the name Yeshua, meaning God saves. It enters the English language as Jehovah, as Jesus, God saves in giving him His son, he was giving himself so that we could be saved. And when it says Jesus saves, it means he rescues. It means he delivers. He comes to people in situations that can't help themselves and brings freedom. So to be dead in sin, one way to describe it is to be stuck in a situation. We all come to a place where we realize we're stuck. We're stuck in a dying body or stuck in a difficult circumstance, perhaps stuck in the consequences of really bad, sinful choices, stuck in a cycle of addiction, come at some point in life and realize that. Zacchaeus was stuck in his greed, while Nicodemus was stuck in his religion. Lazarus was stuck in the tomb. He was dead. We know what it means to be stuck. And so it's interesting that the very introduction of this one named Jesus would be the one who would bring the rescue, the redeemer, the one who would set us free. I remember getting my first four-wheel drive. It was years ago. It was a Ford Bronco 2. It was used, but it was new to me. And the day I got it, 
having never had a four-wheel drive, I had to go test the four-wheel drive. It was the four-wheel drive where you had to get out of the vehicle and lock in the wheels. And I'd done that, and I went on my journey. I was by myself, and I got stuck. I did everything I knew to do, but I could not get out of that situation. So I had to call my friend who had a Toyota. And he came and delivered me with his Toyota. And he never let me forget it. I could not save myself. What does it mean to be dead in sin? You're you're stuck in a situation and you can't go forward or backwards. And the, the, the more effort you expend to try to get out of it, the worse it gets. The Old Testament writer Isaiah, he had an interesting way of describing this. He he talked about people caught in sin like an antelope caught in a net. The antelope that is made for progress and running and moving forward, yet caught in the net. And the more the antelope strived, the more entangled it became. So there had to be a deliverer. That's what it means to be saved, to come alive this Christmas, to come alive in God. What it means to come alive by the grace of God is to be set free from that despairing process that you can't get yourself out of. When I was 19, I worked for an office supply and office furniture company. And companies would order office supplies or furniture and I was part of the delivery team. Lived in Pine Bluff, we would do business even in Little Rock and so we got the order. This company had ordered 10 desks and they were located on the 14th floor of this building in Little Rock. So Mark, another one of the employees, and me, we took those 10 desks. We could get two of them on this elevator at a time. We'd go up, get to the 14th floor, door would open deliver the desks to the right office, go back down, get two more desks. And we did that until we had delivered all the desks and then we finally entered the the elevator to go back down to leave and go home. When we got in the elevator, the elevator descended to the first floor, but the doors didn't open. It just immediately went back to the 14th floor, but the doors didn't open. And then it immediately went back down to the first floor and then back up. And at first, it was kind of comical. As it was dysfunctioning, it was kind of funny. But then it became very frustrating. And we couldn't get out of it. And 45 minutes into it, after going up, down. See, some of you are great. you're, You're wide awake. You're already ahead. You know where I'm going. Mark looks at me and says, I'm getting sick. And he did. Two and a half hours later. With him sick. I think, you know what, I'm getting sick. We finally, after about two and a half hours, the right people with the right equipment came. We were set free. Here's the deal. We were stuck. That's what it means to be dead in sin. It means that you're in a dysfunctional situation and at first you don't realize it, but then you do 
And whatever you do, you can't deliver yourself. And the more dysfunction goes on, it gets sickening. And the environment in which you are living is horrible. And you do everything you can. You see, that's what it means to be dead in sin. You're in the misery of the dysfunction and you just keep cycling through the dysfunction and you can't save yourself. To come alive means there is one who comes to where you are and sets you free. That's what it means to come alive. My mom and dad are in this service and they both remember this situation. My dad coached most of the teams that I played on as a kid and he coached my little league team. I was 11 years old. We had had practice one day. At the end of practice, because he was the coach, all the equipment, the bats, the helmets, the baseballs went in his trunk. Players would take the equipment and put them in the trunk. And while we were putting the equipment in the trunk, a couple of players picked me up and put me in the trunk. Closed the trunk. My buddy said to my dad, Coach Woods, we're just playing around. We put your son in the trunk. Could you give me the keys? I'll let him out. A couple minutes went by. My dad said, I don't have the keys. My mom had come by practice that day. She needed something out of my dad's car. She didn't have her keys. She went out on the field, got his keys, went, got what she needed out of the car, and in the rush of schedule, she left with his keys. This was before the day of mobile phones. This was a day, some of you don't remember, it was a rotary phone that had a cord. (laughs) And someone went to a neighbor to call my house. My mom wasn't at home. If she would have been at home, she lived 15 minutes away. While someone's calling, I hear an assistant coach outside of the car say, Can he breathe in there? That was the wrong thing to say. I'm in this deep, dark hole, and now they're saying, I don't think he can breathe. So I can sense and hear the anxiety going on outside of the car. I can promise you there was anxiety going on inside of the trunk. And finally, my dad, he starts pulling out the back seat. And before I knew what was going on, I saw a ray of light. And guys, this is the truth. I said, oh, I've heard about the tunnel. (laughs) This this is the life they talk about in that tunnel. I think I'm breathing, but I'm not breathing. I'm dying. I'm I'm crossing the chilly Jordan. My God. I promise you, that's what I thought. But the light was my dad ripping out the back seat. And then I heard his voice say, grab my hand. Hallelujah. And he pulled me through this little opening out of that trunk through the back door to safety. What it means to be stuck is what it means to be dead in sin. And that means you're in a situation where the fear grows. At first, it's funny. Anyone who's ever cycled through addiction will tell you. Everything in them craves the drug. They use the drug. There's euphoria. Then that quickly leaves and it's replaced by paranoia. Fear. Some of the deepest levels of anxiety because it's absolutely demonic. And you're in that deep, dark place 
You're stuck. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be in that cycle of addiction, but you have lost all control, and you're literally surrendering by the day to these spirits of fear and anxiety and paranoia. And at times you feel like you're dying. That's what it means to be dead in sin. What it means to come alive in Christ is to be set free. The process is the light of the presence of God and the hand of God's grace coming through to where you are, taking your hand of faith and moving you from where you are to where you can be by the power of God's grace. That's the high prospect of today. That's good news right there. That's the good news of God. To be stuck is what it means to be dead in sin. For Christ to deliver you is what it means to be free. And it's by His grace that that happens. So this is the way David said it. Psalm 40 verse 2. Check this out. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Can any of you say, I've been there? Out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet on, a so- on solid ground. And he steadied me as I walked along. That's it. When my dad reached in to that horrible pit called the trunk of his car, he pulled me out and he set me on solid ground. And he just stood there with me for a while and worked with me because it freaked me out. And then he so worked with me until it steadied me as I moved into my future. The power of grace is to set you free. And then it's power for life to steady you as you move forward. All of the damage you do to your emotions and your heart and your mind and your relationships by sin. God begins to work in those to bring freedom and victory and sustainability. So that you actually have a life to the full. Because that's the offer of grace. Death to life stuck anymore oh my god there are people in this room that know what it means to be set free from cycles of despair cycles of defeat and cycles of fear that all are attached to a sinful past and now they're walking in the peace and the power of God's amazing grace go with me back to Connor He continues to want salvation that day. Until he starts crying. Kelly can tell you if my kids start crying, it just messes me up. So I get out and and I'm going to deliver him. So I unbuckle him. I take those restrictive things off of him. I take him up in my arms and I hold him. And he says... Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Just like that. Because when you really feel stuck, and God sets you free, He may set you free using the story of a friend, and you learn something about what He can do through that story, through a sermon, through a circumstance, He speaks to you. And in that, he is coming to you. Regardless of the components, the elements used in the process, 
once you are no longer stuck in your sin, and you've been set free, and you have your life, you say, thank you, Jesus. Chilean miners, miles under the earth. And their conversations were these. Here's the food we have, we'll ration it out. Here's the battery power we have, we'll ration it out. But let's just get honest. We will die in this deep, dark pit. Above the surface, people started working, sacrificing, and spending lots of money. And they started boring through until finally they broke through to that deep, dark, horrible pit. And it's interesting, of all those miners, it was just one by one that they were embraced and delivered from that deep, dark, horrible place. One by one. Here's the message. We get stuck in our sin because we have a sin nature. It plays out in all different kind of experiences, whether it be cycles of dysfunction, misery that's sickening, cycles of addiction where there's paranoia, fear, and the sinister forces of hell playing havoc with your mind and your emotions. Whatever the way it's playing out, you realize you're stuck. And you realize there's an answer. It's called Jesus Christ. And it's because God, who was there above it all, saw us deep beneath the load of sin and shame. And when he sent Christ his son, and Jesus came and lived, he was born the babe in the manger, according to Hebrews, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, so that when he went to the cross, he is not dying for the wrong he had done, He is dying for the wrong we had done, which got us stuck in the first place. And because he was without sin and took all the wrong we had done, when we say, God, save me, he then takes all the right that Christ had done and accredits that to our life so that we are set free. Jesus, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. So we are lifted from that deep, dark, horrible place. We are steadied so that we can pursue the future. And the result is, thank you, Jesus. Two questions. Number one. Are you stuck? That's a good question because, see, at first, in the trunk, in the elevator, and in the Bronco, I didn't think I was stuck. I just thought I had a problem. But I thought I could solve it or it would solve itself. But it didn't, and I realized I was stuck. Are you stuck? Number two, has it reached the place where you would lift your heart and say, God, 
save me. We do not present Christ and put him up against all the other options and hope like trying to sell cars. You would choose this car over this car. There are just a lot of good options. And, but hey, we think this is the best option. No. There is one option. And he becomes real to those who are so desperate. That they will cry out, God, save me. He is inclined to the cry of the desperate. All through the scope of scripture, you see mercy moving to those who appealed to God out of a heart of desperation. I'm stuck. God, save me. If you realize you're stuck and you cry out, God, save me, you will be set free. And the result, you come alive. You come alive. There's no life in that situation of being stuck when God sets you free. You don't get your life back. You get a whole new life. And the life you once had and all of its consequences and issues began to be uncomplicated by the marvelous grace of God. With your eyes closed, we are in the presence of Jehovah. Jehovah means God saves. He's God Almighty. He is Prince of Peace. In His presence, we sing it, troubles vanish and hearts are mended. That, that's the deliverance moment right there. That's... You're fundamentally changed. You're not who you used to be. And then there's healing for the emotional damage and stress and brokenness that's in your life. Because he can mend a heart. That's the power of grace. If you are stuck in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. You're clear now on what it means to be dead in sin. You're clear now on what it means to come alive and experience life, you're, you're clear that all you have to do is, from your heart, say, God, save me. It'll move you to worship till you say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you in a moment, if you feel you're stuck and need this salvation, to raise your hand. I want you to take some action. I want you to respond out of desperation because this is a life-changing moment for you. This is a life-changing day. Psalm 40 verse 2 becomes your story, your testimony. He lifted me. That means he's going to come to where you are. He's going to lift you and change you. And your life is going to be a story of what God can do for those who are stuck. He can address the very foundation of your life, the genesis of the problem. He can save you. You'd say, Ron, that's what I need. I'm stuck. I need to be saved. Would you raise your hand right now? Raise it quick. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep raising them. This is what it's all about. This is that moment. That defining moment. You sense his presence drawn. You sense his grace. Prepared to do the work. Say, God save me. Somebody needs to lift a hand. Anyone else? Say, that's me. So what I'm going to do is our eyes close, all of us, reflecting on what Christ has done for us, each one of us. We're going to lift this song.
going to come as worship. For those of you who lifted your hands, here's what I want you to do. I want you as we sing to find the nearest aisle and come right down here with me. We're going to pray and believe and watch the Lord do some incredible things in your life. The future before you is unlike anything you could imagine. What God has in store for you is unlike anything you could imagine. I'm telling you, the cycles of dysfunction can be broken and your life can work. I know that. I know that you can be set free from the paranoia, the fear, the despair, that deathly process in your life. You can be set free to a future like anything you've ever experienced before. I'm telling you, God is in this place. He's ready to do a mighty work. As we sing this, if you lifted your hand, you wanted to lift your hand, you needed to, just go on and make that, make that move. Come forward as we sing. 